You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Out of Sight podcast. I am your host for this week, filling in for Adil Royster, who is under the weather. And he claims it's not because he has a hangover celebrating the Phillies. He claims he is actually under the weather. So I'm not sure if you believe him, but I did recruit a friend of mine, Greg. Greg, I know, is a diehard Sixers fan. Greg, you and I have potted in the past about the Brooklyn Nets, so we do have some rapport if i might say so welcome to the pod i'm glad you think so dave and uh adio i think had a great run with you <laughs> but uh I, you know i think we'd all agree on that but i'm glad to be here <laughs> you're coming for his job <laughs> no i'm just kidding you you guys are you guys are a great team yeah i will i will try to do my best uh chill rides chill vibes welcome to out of sight we're talking about the Sixers' first win of the season. It wasn't the prettiest win, although if you look at the box score, it looks pretty. Um, they took care of business against the Indiana Pacers. What were your initial impressions of this game? Uh, nice, to, nice to get that first win. I mean, this is one of those games where there's not really much upside. If you win, it's kind of like, well better win if they would have lost it would have been an utter disaster and we have to start talking about what needs to change tonight um so you know they won i think it's good to get the first win uh 79 and 3 is still in play so you got to be excited about that (laughs) and um hopefully they can uh you know they can just build on this because like you said i mean it was ugly at times but they had you know at least they got that first win we got to hear the song for the first time since game four of the Heat series in early May. So it's been six months since we've heard the song. So I was excited about that. Well, I, I've actually pl- just played it for myself. Do you never do that? Okay. Just kind of g- get yourself going. You know, it's just, just a, like a actually like, good song. <laughs> it, it is a good, it is a good song. I should probably incorporate it more into my daily routine, but I think, what, one thing that bothered me about this game was it seems like they have never heard of TJ McConnell, didn't it? Like Joel Embiid got TJ throwing an inbound pass right to him. Tyrese Maxey got TJ bringing it up the court. He didn't realize TJ would be coming from behind him. At one point, Maxey was chasing him around the three-point line and let him like settle into his 10-foot pull-up. Uh, clearly, a guy the Sixers should know very, very well wasn't on their scouting report somehow, including for Joel. Yeah, I have to say that was probably um, the only part of the Pacers highlights that I actually enjoyed. (laughs) Um, It's good to see that he can still be 
effective and that he's really carved out a niche for himself in the league post-process. Um, but yeah, I mean, they clearly didn't know that that's what he does, nor did they know that, you know, he can't really shoot from three. Um, but yeah, he, he came in and he actually, you know, did what, did what he does when he plays well, which is make a few plays and kind of change the momentum. Yeah. So one storyline was that the Sixers bench was basically trash and a lot was said about, you know, new recruitments, but I think you said it to me, maybe in a conversation or text, you were like, I'm disappointed in the new guys like Melton and house. Uh, we did get a little bit more bench production tonight. George Niang, 13 points. He was a big part of the rotation tonight. Um, most of the meat and potatoes, though, came from Joel Embiid and James Harden. Yeah, Harden and Embiid both looked good tonight. They looked like they had a little more juice. Embiid especially, just his, his you know, when he, when he plays poorly, a lot of times it looks like he just has heavy feet or he doesn't have lift, or there's not a lot of spring. And tonight, he just looked more mobile. He had more energy. Uh, Harden looked, you know, about as good as you could hope for. I think he's probably been the most pleasant uh, surprise, the best story so far. He's he's definitely are, played better than anyone. Are you surprised? Uh, I'm a little surprised, yeah. I'm a little surprised because... <laughs> so you were nervous watched, that he was, yeah. I mean, in the preseason, he looked exactly the same as last year. <laughs> um, I was hopeful. And, you know, I mean, he's still, you know, it, it's interesting. He's really added this mid-range game. He's kind of gone from a guy who shoots threes and blows by you and gets to the rim to now this ultra crafty kind of almost like, uh, you know, the, the step backs are step back mid-range. Um, he still shoots the three, obviously, but he's really changed his game up, and he's just such a smart player that, that you know, you could see tonight, like, he, he just looked like he had a lot of control over the tempo. He was making great passes into the interior to Embiid, to Tobias. Uh, he was finding shooters, so he, he looked great. So the big question for so many of us was, is he going to get his burst back? I don't know that you said yes in that. It's, it sounds like maybe you're thinking he he accommodated father time a little bit by just tweaking his game, or, do you, or would you say it's back? No, I would say it's not back. Um, if, you, if you go back and look at vintage James Harden, um, he gets to the rim. He, he gets to the rim whenever he wants. He gets around guys and he goes right at them and he can finish really well at the rim. What he does now, he, he doesn't really get to the rim. In fact, when he gets into the lane, I would say um, he's actually at times doing the defensive favor because he throws it up or he, he tries to bait them into a foul. But what he's done is he's just kind of changed that um, where he goes to the rim and he's just pulling up from 13, 14, 15 feet. So, you know, he's changed. Um, and that's, you know, part of getting part of getting older. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think probably his burst is back more so than it was last year. Uh, I do think we could now four games in say 
he was limited by hamstrings for sure last year. And that seems to be much less of a problem. Now um, they finally got his minutes down just a tad tonight, 35 minutes. He was leading the league in minutes just behind Devin Booker, which I thought was outrageous because it was a similar mistake that the Brooklyn Nets continually made with him, like treating him as if he's a 25 year old star, despite coming in maybe a little bit overweight from Houston and then carrying the team without Durant and Irving. And then the, the next year after suffering a grade two hamstring, just playing him and playing him and playing him. So I'm curious to see how the Sixers manage that. The other storyline in terms of potential injuries was Joel Embiid. Uh, we found out on kind of like a sneaky Friday update. Doc Rivers said he dealt with plantar fasciitis over the summer. Joel expounded upon that and said like, um, for a couple months, he was just completely resting it. So, he, so basically, he's totally out of shape now. What do you What do you think from Joel tonight and and so far this year? Tonight, I thought he looked uh, the best that I've seen. Even though he he had forty points uh, against the Spurs, Spurs, I just thought that, especially defensively, and his effort around the basket. You could just tell he had more energy and that he wanted to make sure that, you know, he wasn't uh, getting caught flat-footed. Uh, he seemed like he had a little more lift around the basket. And he just seemed like his spirit was a bit better. He wasn't mm. quite as uh, sluggish, morose, if you will. Yeah, um, I thought he looked sluggish, morose, at one at times like angry, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was just so strange because, you know, Home opener against Giannis, first game of the season against Boston. Um, you know, pretty pretty much widely regarded as the best team he's had. And I just assumed we'd see him come out excited, and it was really obviously just the opposite. Um, so that was disappointing. But you know, whatever. I mean, as long as as long as he's uh, turned the corner, I think it'll be forgotten about pretty quickly. Yeah. So plantar is one of those things, you know, from following like Tim Duncan, you think you've kicked it and then it's back and you think you've kicked it for a couple of weeks and then it's back again and it can linger and it can nag. And it's a very mysterious and sports illustrated called it the most maddening of all sports injuries. So we are being told that it's gone. It did heal. And what he's dealing with now is conditioning. And Doc Rivers said he wants to kind of slowly ramp him up. He did keep him under 30 minutes this evening. He said he's going to have somewhat of a restriction there. Obviously, it's not ideal. But the big question for me is, is it just the conditioning or is it going to be conditioning with plantar? Because he's been falling a ton. He was falling in the preseason. And I wondered about it. And I thought to myself, this is more than normal. And then with this news drop, it made sense to me. Like, okay, if you you just got over a debilitating foot issue that has you on your couch for two months, of course you don't want to land really hard on your feet. You'd rather land on your butt. And that's some of the falling. A little bit less of that tonight, I thought. So I agree with you that he looked the best that he did. Maybe it was because of the reduced minutes. Maybe it's because it's the easier competition. Uh, maybe he's just acclimating to the season grind. He hasn't been playing much. You remember this was an issue in 2019 when he had knee tendonitis, completely rested, came back pretty out of shape for the 2019 playoffs with Jimmy Butler. Yeah, it's it's hard to know. It's probably a combination of all the things you just said. 
probably a lot of it is just frustration starting the season not fully healthy after ending the season yeah. not fully healthy. Um, I think that's just, why they know. sneaked it. They sneaked it to us like that without giving the update because I think it was like, oh, you just heard about my face, my hands, my fingers, my right. mask. Right. And now I come out from the summer. Um, I was defending him on Twitter a little bit because I saw Schwinnie Poo and Knicks fan saying, I can't believe he came out out of shape. And I was like, well, it's, it's really more of an injury situation than an out of shape situation. But. Uh. Well, I mean, Knicks fans are, are spiteful people uh, <laughs> at best, at best, and, you know, illogical to say the least. So I, I, I appreciate you going to bat for Joe out there. Had to go, had to go to bat for Joe. Um, Tobias <laughs> Harris finished with 18 points. He was the third leading scorer of the night. Uh, he was a plus 14, and he kicked in eight rebounds to go with two assists, a block, and a steal. What do you think from Tobias going four for ten from three? So he's not shy. Indiana was kind of testing him there. I was going to say the one thing I noticed about Tobias tonight is that he clearly had in his mind he was just going to hoist anything that looked like it was a remotely open shot, which I think is great, actually. It's probably when he's the most useful to have out there. So if he could go four for 10 every night, I'm taking that every single game. Um, I wish that he would do that in some of the bigger games. Sometimes I feel like these games against the Pacers and the Hornets and Oklahoma City, he he comes out and he just kind of lets it fly freely. Um, But, you know, I don't know. That could be. I could be wrong, but it feels that way. <laughs> really feels I, that I way. don't disagree. So. I, I thought to myself when he drained his first triple tonight, I was like, oh, this is going to be a Tobias game because there's, <laughs> like, of course, there's, yeah. there's no pressure. Uh, you know, even if they play like trash, which they kind of did for long stretches, they're going to win by 14 points. Um, yeah. Which, I, I don't cool. remember one instance tonight where he kind of got into like the – you know, weird post-up kind of like mid-range dribble where the shot clock's running down and he's kind of trying to get a good shot. I mean, everything was, you know, catch and shoot three, um, transition going to the hole. So uh, that's kind of what you want. He did have the one back then where Allah compared him to Bernard King, but I think that's a good place to take our quick break. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um. We're going to get a quick word in from our sponsor. And when we come back, we're going to look a little bit more uh, at some of the other peripheral pieces tonight uh, and then some bigger, broader picture stuff and uh, NBA landscape so far. Be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, Greg, we're back. Um, the Sixers are in the win column. They are now one and three, one and two at home. 29 points for James Harden, 26 points for Joel Embiid. That duo pretty much carried the show. Therese Maxey was only 3 of 11. Um, Montrez Harrell got in the game 11 minutes, and he actually got up free, six free throws. Uh, we did get a Paul Reed sighting, nine minutes. Um, I joked on Twitter, like, oh, Doc's sort of padding his I played Paul Reed stats. Um, are you surprised <laughs> to see Paul Reed and Matisse Thibel not really a part of this rotation or not? No, not really surprised. I mean, when they signed Montrez Harrell, we knew that that was, uh, you know, the Doc Rivers special. Maybe, uh, maybe they promised Doc, like, look, you can have one roster spot, whoever you want to sign, and you know, Doc, we, you know, this is this is his guy. So, I'm not surprised. I wish he would play Paul Reed more, but definitely not surprised. I, I actually think, I don't know, I think Matisse is just as good of a player as Daniel House and a lot of times should probably play over him based on what I've seen so far in my limited experience with Daniel House. But, but uh, I also get it that uh, it's tough to have a guy out there that can't shoot. So, Yeah, House was uh, surprisingly a plus 15 in this one. That was almost as good as Harden and, uh, and Tobias Harris's plus minus. So I, I agree with you. I think the the amount of trust that he has gained probably not commensurate with the talent disparity between himself and Matisse. But when Matisse misses one shot, Doc likes to give him the hook. Um, Korkma is not really a part of the rotation. Shake Milton got in, but he's not really a part of the rotation. So you're, you're starting to get a sense of what Doc's trying to do. Um, I can't say I'm a big fan of it yet, but you know, he, he likes to decide what he's going to do and then do it. And I think the adjustment he is making is about Joel Embiid's minutes, given the conditioning issue. Melton looked better tonight. Uh, just seemed a little more comfortable. He's been, um, I don't know. I hadn't seen a lot of him coming into this season, but everything you heard was that he was a great defender. Haven't really seen that so far, but uh, the shot looked better tonight. Yeah, two of four from distance. He had 11 points. He did have some deflections, um, and he played some good perimeter defense. He drained all three of his free throws, so a very productive night. Given how well he was playing and how well the team was playing with him out there, I'm actually surprised he didn't get more than 17 minutes. I thought that was interesting. Um, but what don't- I, I want to ask you about Maxi. He, uh, you know, he looks good, but he definitely hasn't really found his stride yet. Do you, what, what do you think would be kind of like the ideal lineup? Because, you know, I think it's tough for him. He's out there with Harden and Embiid, or at least, you know, out there with Harden. And it just seems like, it just seems like he's not really, just really hasn't found his rhythm yet. Yeah, the way I would do it, uh, I, w- I would do plenty of experimentation, I'll just say, in the beginning. But the way I would lean is to a lot a certain amount of minutes where Harden is out there without Embiid. 
I don't have really strong feelings on whether or not Maxi's out there too. I would certainly mix and match, but I do love the idea of staggering Harden and Embiid. I think before one of the games, Harden was like a plus 35 in those minutes. So a differential, it was pretty ridiculous. You spread the floor for him. And we have seen Joel be willing to spread the floor, but defenses don't really respect him as a shooter enough for it to make a big difference. Obviously, they wouldn't Trez or Paul Reed either, so it's more of a P.J. Tucker small ball look that I'd like to play with. So the flip side then would be you got to go with Maxi and Embiid more mated, and then you have to allot some time where it's like, okay, this is Maxi hour. So, Joe, I know you really want to touch. I know you want another post-ISO, but let's just play through this guy for a little bit. I mean – of course, you're going to try to get him out in transition as much as possible, but you also want to try to get him comfortable scoring in the half court with these more alpha type veterans out there with him, right? Yeah, I agree. I think I think that's been the tough thing is him sort of picking his spots. But I mean, he still gets like he he can still get off a good luck pretty much anytime. He's just you know not always getting the attempts. Uh, and a lot of times it feels like, you know, five, six minutes will go by and, and he hasn't really had an opportunity. A lot of that, I think, is just because of the lineups that he's playing with. I think it's fair to say it's hard for stars to play with Joel Embiid. Um, I know this turns into a big rabbit hole about Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons had a hell of a rough time playing with Joel Embiid. And Joel at times had trouble playing with Ben. Um, I know their, their plus minus was really, really good, but the eye test, sometimes it was not a great fit. Joel was, you know, audibly unhappy when he needed to accommodate Jimmy Butler and shoot more threes. And so James Harden has had some of these splits. Tobias Harris has some of these splits where their best games come when Joel is not in. So I think given how good he has been over the last two seasons, it's really easy to come in and defer. And we saw that with Maxi last year. Some of his best games, like you remember the game where he went toe-to-toe with John Morant, Sixers won. Joel was not in that lineup. Maxi must have had 25 or more, 30 points. So the, the tough part is how can you get someone else to do that? How can you get two or three guys to do that when Joel's out there? And that's going to be the big challenge this season. Um, didn't look like they even tried to do that against Milwaukee. I mean, it was really weird to me. Like I wrote Joel hero ball is not going to work as a post because it looked like they were like, all right, Joel's the 30 points per game president. Let's ride him. Uh, and it just yeah. was, wasn't that type of game. And so if this team is going to reach their title ceiling, I think they're going to have to share the ball and, and find ways to get hard and maxi going as often as possible and get them both comfortable playing when Embiid is, has it going. Yeah, I think it's tough, especially for a guy like Maxi, because those driving lanes when Embiid is in the game, it's just it's just not the same. You know, it's just it's just not as open down there. There's not as many creases. There's not as much space. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's I think it's hard. Uh, Harden's doing a great job of it so far. A lot of that is just because you know he's he's such a versatile player and he has he has the jumper. And he's, um, he's, he's very unselfish. So I would say he, he's kind of done as good a job as anyone. And then of course they have the pick and roll, which, which has been really good. 
Yeah, I wish they had gone to that pick and roll on the last play against Milwaukee. They gave Joe an isolation. Now we look back and we realize Joel's conditioning wasn't even there. It makes even less sense why they didn't try a pick and roll with Harden. I think had Joel gotten the ball with some movement, screen action with James, that, that might have been a win, and this entire season would feel different. Instead, it would be like, all right, you lost to Boston on the road, but you beat the Bucks at home, and then you dropped a bad one to the Spurs, but that's going to happen. Or, may, or maybe they would have just had no. the confidence to beat the Spurs. You, you like I always tell you, you gotta let Doc cook. Doc's when Doc's in the kitchen, you gotta see what he's cooking up. He might have some fillet. You don't know what he's making. So yeah, I didn't was, like uh, that dinner. Uh, kudos for to James Harden for for deferring without any body language, without any like, bro. I, I've scored like every time down the floor for the last forty five <laughs> minutes, and I'm giving it up right here. Um, so I thought that was mature of him. Because it wouldn't have been surprising if he was like, really? Come on. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, NBA landscape is kind of weird. I don't know if you've looked at the standings, but some of the teams we thought were probably still will wind up chasing Victor uh, have like undefeated records. Some Utah, 3 0. Yeah. So that funny uh, meme, like, Danny Ainge, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to uh, read much into the standings at this point because it's such a long season. I will say um, Celtics look really good. They once again look like a re- really tough matchup for the Sixers just because they have, you know, the two wings, the athleticism. Um, but outside of that, I don't know. Is there anything that really stands out to you early on? Well, let me read you. Let me. Re- what stands out is the upcoming schedule at Toronto, at Toronto. So Matisse is not even going to get two minutes in those, uh, assuming he didn't get his second vaccine or second dose or whatever it is. At mm-hmm. Bulls, at Washington, home versus Washington, Knicks, Suns, at Hawks, at Hawks, Jazz, Bucks. So it's tough, man. It's, it's a tough schedule, and clearly – they are trying a much more switch heavy defense that they have far from mastered. So that's, that's going to be a challenge. Yeah. The defense is probably the number one concern at this point. I mean, we talked a lot about individual guys, but ultimately I think the personnel is, is just like, you know, there's not really that many good defenders Um, or I shouldn't say that. I mean, Embiid's a very good defender. Tucker's a very good defender. But, you know, you've got two, you know, Maxi and Harden are below average defenders. Tobias is probably an average defender. So at least so far, I would say the perimeter defense has been the number one concern. Yeah, they just have quite a few plays where you're like, oh, okay. The guy was supposed to switch, but he had no idea. <laughs> That's why that happened. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. And I, I don't see that suddenly you know changing because uh our jackson frank wrote a really great piece when they acquired pj tucker he was kind of warning like be careful giving this guy a a full mle three-year deal because he was in an ideal scenario they do switch everything in miami he only had to shoot corner threes he was red hot last season on the few floaters he took so if he did come to philly being another year older we didn't even know about the offseason knee surgery um, it's not going to be quite as ideal. And because of his presence, 
even though he's not like one of the best players, I think his, his presence is a big part of why they are trying this defense. Don't you think? Definitely. Um, I, I agree with all the stuff you just said, but you know, I understand why they, they just kind of, uh, you know, close their eyes and sign the deal because he does give the team a different dimension and be wanted him and he was willing to come and, you know, it didn't seem like there was a lot of other additions that were doable. Uh, and he filled the need, especially with Danny Green gone. I mean, he does, he's not the shooter Danny Green is, but, you know, he, he does other things. So I, um, I, I wasn't bringing this up as to question the signing. I, I agreed with the signing at the time. I liked it. I still like it. Um, the one thing I would say is I just think it's surprising to me that they are trying a much more switch heavy defense. And I, I give that most credence to his presence because I think, you know, you've got this rockets contingent. Steph Curry said on Monday night football with the Manning brothers the other day, he was like, you know, one of the best defenses I've ever faced was the switch everything 2018 rockets. So you just get the sense that someone was like, you know what, let's do that. Let's try to do as much of that as possible. Joel's athletic. He's going to have less of an offensive burden. He doesn't need to drop 30 anymore. So let's use some of his energy to do this type of, of defense. Um, and it might just take some time for them to figure out. Yeah, the Joel drop defense on the pick and rolls, I feel like, I don't know why, but I'm, I'm, it just feels like for years we've been watching guys just walk into a wide open 18 footer. So um, if it can cut down on some of that, uh, that, that would be a pleasant sight. It's funny you said that because I had flashbacks tonight watching the Pacers do that when they ate into the lead of Brett Brown saying, it's about which sword you want to fall on. <laughs> we, we want to take away the three. So we're going to shout out Brett. <laughs> shout out Brett. Who just made his return to the Farg. There is um, no way Brett was losing that game. <laughs> and he deserves a lot of credit for coming in here and getting that first win. I really hope uh, Popovich gave him the game ball and let him ring the fucking bell, man. <laughs> ring that bell, brother. <laughs> speaking, speaking of ring the bells, um, Bryce Harper, do you have anything on Bedlam at the Bank? Uh, I don't, I don't have much to add that hasn't already been said. Um, great times for the Phillies, great times for the city, great cover for the Sixers, horrible start, uh, <laughs> buys them some time for the fan base and, uh, you know, let's get it done. Four more wins. And the Eagles upcoming schedule. I mean, Adam Levitan tweeted out here, are their quarterbacks they're about to face. Kenny Pickett, David Davis Mills, Taylor Heineke. Sam Erlinger, Aaron Rodgers, Tannehill, Daniel Jones, Justin Fields. The Eagles can rattle off a lot of wins here, too. I mean, as long as they stay healthy, the one seed is basically wrapped up. Now we're, now we're talking about winning two home games to get to the Super Bowl. That's how they and, did it last uh, time. Yeah. So it's looking good. It's looking really good. Yeah, Delaware, Delaware Valley culture. <laughs> <laughs> See, you should you should definitely trademark that. Spit, spit in your gloves and swing the bat. You don't have to get too fancy. Get out there, draw it up in the dirt. Draw it up in the dirt. Park the bus. Go out there and see what happens. All right, Greg. Thanks so much for joining. Sixers are on the map. 
They got the uh, the first one here. We are back. Hopefully, Philly Fever can be back. James Harden looks like he's back. Let's hope Joel Embiid's uh, feet are okay. All Good right. To be with you. Yep. Soon. Take care. Bye.